Insurance Stream. I'm your host, Dave Bowling. Good to be with you today. It is Tuesday, February 6th, 2024. Today we're talking about cybersecurity, how to keep your agency safe, how to keep your data safe, and how to keep your commercial customers safe because they're dealing with data all day too. Today's episode is sponsored by the Fast Track Appointment Program. If you need more direct carrier access, we can help. We help your agency gain new direct carrier appointments. You always own your book of business 100% in our program. It is completely portable. The whole point is to get you a direct carrier appointment with 100% commissions. So go to theinsurancedream.com, click on services for your agency, click on new carrier appointments, and then you will get hooked up with those folks over at the Fast Track Commercial and Fast Track Appointment Program. You can start getting the carrier appointments that you need. All right, welcome to the insurance stream. I'm your host, Dave Bowling, here with Daniel Metcalf of Cyberfin. Uh, and, and we were just talking, Daniel, about, you know, kind of the timing of, of this interview. <laughs> We've been talking about it for a while, which is cool. And, and I told you, I did not plan it this way because a lot of the stuff we do for the daily insurance meditation is just... Um, purely because you know it's it's the headlines right, right. Um, and the last few weeks especially the last week there's been a lot of cybersecurity stuff in the headlines breaches are at an all-time high um you know and and as you and I were talking before the podcast started um I don't think it's going down right I think that this is right. an increased threat level that is probably number one here to stay um mm -hmm. but number two just because of geopolitical situations and um different things i mean it's it's something that is we've probably just seen kind of the tip of the iceberg Don't, would you agree with that assessment you're in the absolutely I'm not yeah i i you're 100 correct and it's uh because of the change in cybersecurity. it's been around a long time but the change right. in cybercrime and cybersecurity and the overall dollars that um, you know, it's a $3 trillion industry for cybercrime, right? It's not yeah. going away because, like you said, There's entire nation states there. are using it way to make money, right? And yeah. they come up with new ways. So, yes, I don't think it's going away. All right. So, uh, let's let's start from the beginning. Like, to just, sure. just give me a, a, you know, one or two minute introduction on what's who Cyberfin is, the company, sure. how, how yeah. you guys came to be. And then I understand there's a couple of different divisions that, that you guys have to yep. help insurance agency owners and producers. So you got it. I guess the three-step process. So number one, tell me about Cyberfin. How, where did you guys come from? Sure. So Cyberfin is a cybersecurity as a service. And we came and were born out of the insurance industry. So my co-founder uh, of Christoffel, he owns a wholesale life insurance agency. In 2019, he was introduced to me from a, a mutual friend who he said, hey, I'm regulated now. Um, and I know I'm under attack more than ever before. I have a lot to lose. Will you look at my, because of my experience in uh, helping credit unions and banks in the same space, can you look at his stuff? And after 90 days of him, you know, he already spent 90 days and $30,000. I had to be the one to tell him you're not protected nor compliant. Mm. He's like, okay, build me something, right? So I go and build him something. And he said, Hey, I, you know, as a wholesale agent, I have a lot of customers that are insurance so agencies. Build Oops, me sorry. something in, in the form of not a policy, but like a procedure, correct? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Both a tech stack and management. So we're okay. cybersecurity okay. service. We include the tech stack and we include the 24 by seven managed services, including remediation, which okay. we can get into. Got it. So yes. Can you build me this? Right. Yeah. And, and can we build it so that I'm protected and compliant? Absolutely. So that's what we did for his company. 
Then he said, hey, I have my clients are insurance agents and agency owners. I think that if I'm techie and I don't know how to do this, I'm I'm pretty sure they don't know either. And while we were building this, we heard of an insurance agency in the middle of Illinois who had been in business for 25 years, had because it had um, been breached and lost its credentials, had had 25,000 quotes and client data taken from a carrier quoting tool and sold on the dark web. And it was it was tracked back to that agency Uh between the remediation costs, the cost for the fines, and then also just the reputation out of business. And so while we were building this, I said to and Chris, and what I was at the cost said, on that? And I know this is years ago, right? But what was the cost on yeah, that at the time? Do you know? A couple hundred thousand dollars to fix okay. the situation. And then probably fines were, we were guessing the fines had to be between a quarter of a million and a half a million dollars, um, just based on how much data was taken uh, and sold. So they went out of business. So Chris and I looked at each other and said, okay, we know our mission. Our mission is to make sure not another insurance agency goes out of business because of a cyber breach. There is a ways that we can do this, provide the same thing over and over again to at least severely lower the risk of it ever happening. And with remediation, if that does breach happens because you know they are gonna happen, we can help make sure that the impact from that breach cannot be the, what happened at that agency. So then a year and a half ago, when we're talking about the second part of our company, right, uh, division, a year and a half ago, we get a call from one of our commercial property and casualty agencies that we're protecting. Hey, I have this client. Um, they were breached and they need cyber liability insurance again. I've got this long underwriting application that I have to fill out. You guys do this for us. Maybe you can help me because I really want to help this customer. I'm like, hey, let's look at it. So we went through the underwriting. They'd already had, a, like I mentioned before, they already had a breach. So we went through and put some of our security protocols in place, helped them clean up, you know, the customer, clean up some of the things that they had. We presented it back to the insurance carrier. Not only did they get approved, they got a lower premium than they had before, and they had higher coverage limits than they ever had because of the CyberFin service and tech stack that we are, and protocols we were able to put in place. That's so impressive. that's when we started. I've been insuring commercial customers for 16 years, and I've never seen somebody after a claim or premium. But, you know, I mean, the logic's there, right? Like if they've learned right. their lesson and the risk is truly lower because of what has happened before like that, then that makes sense. Like these guys don't ever want to go through that again. Right. So that is, we, we started adding that as another part of our agent or our company is not only can we help protect the agency, but if you have, if you're a commercial property casualty or you're somebody that sells cyber liability insurance, we can also go side by side to make sure that you can, you can not only protect your, you know, your client, but you can also make sure they get the cyber liability insurance that they deserve as well. Right. And, they, and then they need, because, you know, you have to have that insurance, right. If, if you know, if the house is on fire, you want to make sure that you have the, the fire insurance, right? Yeah, 100%. So, so those are the two areas that, that we work areas. with here. At so, so let's kind of, so that's the scenario on how those areas were built. So, yeah. so in one aspect, you can come into a property and casualty insurance agency and you can build a system, a process, a tech stack that helps eliminate or reduce, uh, reduce or eliminate, I guess, cyber security breach threats. And yes. then on the other side, explain explain to me again. So you know, the, the, you help the agency, and then you help the agency's customers, right? Yep, we help the agency customers do the same thing. So by that, the agency ends up looking more valuable to their end customer, yeah. and they got them protected, and they get to sell them another policy that they might not have been able to sell them before, right? right? Or they're competing with somebody else. Now you have something 
yeah. that makes you look different from that standpoint. Of it. So, so ballpark me, like, let's say I'm a commercial insurance producer and I've got this yep. client. I mean, I know it's, you know, the, it's like, how much does a new car cost? Well, key, I'm just right. Saying, right. But, right. but I mean, like if, if I'm, if I'm providing this service to my customer, clearly my customers pay for it. Um, what, what kind of cost is associated with a typical client that you, um, you know, I mean, the agency aside, you know, for yep. the agency's customers, what yep. kind of cost are we looking at for the, you know, company at the end of the, the, the agency's customer, the commercial insured, um, yep. What does it look like? I mean, and, and again, it's going to, you know, very probably widely based on volume and different things like that. You know, how big their customer base is, what kind of operation they are, stuff like that. But I mean, like, give me some ballpark figures on, yep. you know, what are we looking at? And then what is the potential savings on a cyber liability policy once I've got this arsenal in, right. you know, this in my arsenal of protection? Right. So the same the same conversation you just started there by saying, oh, it's got to be widely different. It's got to be different you know, for an agency than a customer. Well, that was our, that's one of our core values here is we need to make it simple, right? Yeah. Simple, but relentless so that's that it did look very simple. The simplest ones. Right. So that's, that's what one of our core values is make it simple. Like we're simplifying in uh, cybersecurity for the insurance industry. So here's what we did. We created a solution, a tech stack that's all together with a service, right? So with the, with the managed service that someone's managed for them that hits all the hot buttons for compliance, protection, and underwriting for cyber liability. And what those are, are endpoint protection, 24 by seven, right? Monitor 24 by seven, it includes email threat protection for inbound emails, filtering all the inbound emails. It includes a secure internet portal that's private. It's their own secure internet portal. So that whether they're working at home or in the office or at a Starbucks, right? They have their own secure internet portal and multi-factor authentication all together. No onboarding costs, no, right? Nothing to where they have to worry about any upfront costs. And it's on a per user per month basis. Because what makes us unique is that we put the cybersecurity around each one of the users, not just the building and the people that come inside the building. It's actually that's, around it. It includes all those things. That's good because uh, my understanding of, and, and I am by no means a cybersecurity expert. I'm just a guy that reads a lot of stuff on the internet, but right. my understanding of the current state of affairs and the reason there's been a 70% uptick in cyber data breaches in 2023 compared to any other record that we have any other year uh, right. is because the the way that they're doing this and correct me if I'm wrong and I could be wrong, but my understanding is the way that the, that the, the hackers are doing this is not by trying to infiltrate the organization, but by trying to get credentials of one person within your you got organization it. and then, and then getting into the system in that way. Right. That's how the bad guys are infiltrating. Like you said, is they see just one layer of protection. Like they have ROI too, return on investment. They know that, Hey, if I, if I just have to hack into one layer of protection, no big deal. But if they see a second layer of protection or a third layer, as they get through it, they're yeah. like, just yeah. not worth my time. I'm out of here. Right. So that's why we do the multi-layered protection. Um, on the user basis. And then that way, you know that when they're out in the wild, right, your, your employees or even yourself, you know, they're out in the wild, you have peace of mind that, hey, they have that cybersecurity protection around them. So then you talked about cost. We try to make it so that it was about half of a cell phone bill. Mm -hmm. That was our whole goal because we figured any insurance agency owner, any small business owner. In less than one of these a day, right? Or, or about <laughs> yes. maybe. So our average cost for that layered security, no onboarding costs, and includes remediation. So that means in the fee, we actually go and fix if there's things that are going on, right? 
on average, $65 per user per month. And when I say averages, there may be some other things like you mentioned, that's some specific um, differences by company, but that's why on average, it's around $65 per user per month. 65 bucks per user per month. And then, and then how does that translate from your, the feedback you've received when an underwriter has this information and they're going, you know, oh, okay, this, this place, you know, uh, is a subscriber to Cyberfin. What -hmm. does that translate to into savings on the cybersecurity policies? Um, In many cases, we've seen it depending on the size of the policy, the size of the company, we've seen it as much as 50% go down in premium um, by having those in place. Then the question becomes, how much money are you making from Cyberfin? Not what does it cost you, right? Right, right, exactly. And and not only that, but it's also extra value to your customer that you, and it's, the carriers really love it because think about it. If we're severely, it's loss ratios. I think I heard one of your podcasts about loss ratios, right? Yeah. If they know that these protocols are in place, their loss ratios are going to go down significantly because we're severely low on risk. Now, again, I'm not saying we're going to eliminate the risk. We're severely low on the risk. Right. So that means that if everybody has this protocol in place, they don't have to worry about the the deals coming from XYZ agency or from this industry because they have the the right protocols all in place and somebody's managing for them. Because that's the other thing. Who's managing it? Yeah. Right? right. Is it right? Is it somebody in the office managing it? Is it an IT company managing it that might be siloed? Right. No, this is a company that cybersecurity is their focus. They went to school to be security guards because not everybody in IT has. And so, hey, they, they know what they're doing. So they're happy about it. And the, right from the standpoint of, hey, look, we, there's, less, there's less risk on my side from the carrier's perspective. Yeah, 100%. Has there ever been a data breach for any CyberFin security customer? There has been a data breach for a CyberFin security customer, but what happened? let's talk about the but. Yeah. The person in particular of that company turned off the CyberFin cybersecurity service and went around the door. Has there ever been a security <laughs> breach, a data breach for a CyberFin security customer that had this stuff turned on? Knock on wood, no. Okay. And and I'm trying to figure out, like, I mean, and I'm not a hacker, so I don't know the answer to right. these questions, but I'm trying to figure out, like, how, how it would even happen, right? Because if you got multi, multi, uh, you know, multi-authentication multi-factor authentication multi-factor authentication there's a term Mm -hmm. uh if you've got that in place and then you know your your users have to go through you know the different things i mean unless that person unless the hacker has access to all of that data or all of the like a a text message or whatever right email i I don't but you know unless they have access to all of it then it really wouldn't be possible to breach it right so most of the so in our instance, or I guess that's the most common way. So we're eliminating yeah, the, the common threat. You're eliminating the most common ways, right? And so the right. instance in particular is they went around the multi-factor authentication because they got annoyed of having to use multi-factor authentication, right? And don't get me wrong, just Jesus. having multi-factor authentication only lowers the risk by 50%. And it's okay. well documented. I can ask that. Yeah. So if it, you know, 48% of breaches what would not have been prevented because of multi-factor authentication okay. and the bad Let's guys through AI. Yeah. Yeah. The other part is that um, they get into the, they, they still are able to get their uh, bad code on the computer. They're still able to infiltrate the email. They're still able to download the credentials somehow or trick people into giving over their credentials. They're still able to hack into internet 
um, you know, hack into the internet, depending on the places that they're in, and start to feed data through the internet. That, those are the ways that they're getting around the multi-factor authentication. And they've already created tools. Think about it, right? You tell them, hey, all you got to do is put a multi-factor authentication. Guess what the criminal is going to do? They're going to figure out a way using AI. They're going to find a way using other tools to get past the multi-factor authentication. Uh, MFA spoofing. There's a whole different you know, layer of things that are out there that they can do. That's why the multi-layered approach is the, the safest approach. Okay. So let, let's talk about, so you said 48% of, of you know, uh, data breaches can be prevented mm -hmm. through multi-factor authentication. Yep. Tell me about the other 52%. What, what are those uh, breaches comprised of? So usually um, it's some type of email campaign or some type of social engineering campaign where they are baiting you along, right? They're they're fishing you along to try where you end up giving up your credentials or you download a piece of software that ends up on the computer that can then read all, you know, is going to get access to Active Directory or going to get access to some, you know, you have admin access to something that they can get around to even turn off the multi-factor authentication or they can go around and they can act as you make a complete copy of something and act as you. Those are the other ones that are that are out there. Um, people, you know, finding ways that they get in the business, they, they get in the email and they're changing uh, invoice numbers, right? That's the I just dealt with one the other day where um, a company that wasn't working with Cyberfin yet had been breached and all of their invoice, they, they went and downloaded an invoice changed all the invoices and put a different routing number on the invoices and set, sent out an email without the company even knowing it. Hey, we've changed all of our banking. And so we need you to reset up ACH with this newest invoice. So here's the bank routing number that we're going through. Um, all it took was of the 1200 emails, if you think about it, of the 1200 emails that went out with that, it only takes 10 or 20% of the, of the customers to fall for that, right? Where the site, where the criminals making real money. Yeah, and that's how they're doing it. Okay, so um, now now that we know, because I mean, we kind of, I guess we maybe I put the cart before the horse a little bit early on. Mm -hmm. you know, we talked about like you know, what you guys do, and then right. then we talked about like the depth of the problem, right? So so they're they're the multi factor authentication obviously solves a lot, right? Half, um, and then the other. So how does Cyberfin address those other fifty two percent? Remind me. Yep, with the multi-layered protection. So not only is there multi-factor authentication, but we're also adding endpoint protection, email threat protection. Remember, we're filtering every single email that's there and we're monitoring that email box and we're making sure that no, no bad guy gets in the email. We have a um, part of our email threat protection is we rewrite the links in every single email, right? We're looking for anomalies in the attachments. We are making sure that if an email comes in that's not supposed to be there, we put it in a quarantine report. So we slow down the employee, not only from the rewriting the links to make sure that they don't click on it, removing attachments that maybe not need to be there, but also putting them in a quarantine to slow them down to say, were you really supposed to be getting this email from this person? Were you really, right? Is this really legitimate? Because with AI, you could tell, right? These emails are getting better. These phishing emails are getting much better than they ever have before. Yeah. So it allows it to kind of look for some of that context and, and, and solidify it. Then we have your own internet secure portal, right? Some of them have heard of it. It's firewall and a VPN, right? We can actually put 
a secure internet portal, almost like your own firewall on the device. So wherever they're using the internet, we can put security protocols in place to make sure that both inbound and outbound traffic are being filtered to make sure it's not sending traffic to Russia or to it's not being pinged around to all the different countries or if it's going to a, a dark website. We can we can eliminate some of those some of those risks by having that layered security altogether. So you look at it. MFA fails, the email threat protection's there. Email threat protection fails, the endpoint protection's there. The endpoint protection fails, the, v, the secure internet portal's there. By the time you get through the first two, they're already moving on. They're already moving on, and it's already a, a, a taken care of threat, right? And that's why, but you have to make sure you manage it, right? Someone has to manage that 24 by 7 because they're not doing these attacks 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, right? Because they know that too. Their favorite, you know, criminal's favorite time of year is long holiday weekends. I think we've got President's Day coming up here pretty soon. And I'm sure, you know, schools have added the, you know, extra day off or whatever it might be that those are the times that you have to be the most weary, right? It's usually like the, you know, Sunday at eight in the morning or during a holiday break. They know that too. They know how, again, they're criminals, right? This is, they're trying to think of ways that you're going to be off your game. Yeah. Cause you come in, you got a bunch of email backlogs to run through and you're just trying to knock them out and get them done. Makes sense. Uh, Daniel, what do you view as the forecast for 2024? Is 2024, do you think it's going to be a bigger year in data breaches in 2023? Because I know we've had like, it kind of went whoop, 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 whoop for a little bit and then, you yep. know, shot up. What, what do you think happens in 2024? Do we get a grip on this problem a little bit or does it continue to increase? Yep. I get asked this question all the time since 2016 and I give the same answer. It's going to be about the same. So yes, you know, we see spikes and up and down. We saw a huge spike in 2023. I think it's going to at least be the same in 2024 as it was in 2023 because they they have AI. There's more, uh, more ways that they can attack. And now they know small businesses are worth just as much as the big organizations. Yeah, 100%. How do people get in contact with you? Yep. So you can find me personally at DM. Daniel Metcalf at cyberfin.net. So DM at cyberfin.net and cyberfin.net's our website. You can sign up for an assessment. Um, we're happy to assess you or one of your customers and make sure that they have the right cybersecurity in place. Sure. So assessments free of charge? Free of charge. Free uh -huh. of charge. No obligation. We just want to make sure that every agency and their customers have what's necessary to, to uh, compete in this battle against cybercrimes. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on today, Daniel. We really appreciate it. You're very welcome. And um, I hope we can have you back because, you know, it would be nice to shed some light on on these different things that are going on in the cyber uh, world because I don't understand it. And I know I speak <laughs> for a ton of insurance agency owners to say, you know, not only do we not understand it, uh, you know, we don't really want to dive super deep. We just want to know enough about, uh, about how to protect right. ourselves and our customers. So appreciate happy it. To be a yeah, happy to be a regular uh, regular contributor. I'd be so honored much. to do so. You bet. Thank you.